Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Lee Flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. With the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in. To the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co host, Jake from. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Jake, we have officially reached the halfway mark of college football's 2023 regular season. Crazy to think, but you know what? We we wait and we wait and we wait for college football to start, and then you blink, and half of it's already gone. Week six is in the books. How are you, man? Man, doing great. Had a nice little uh, long weekend. Played on Thursday night, um, so got everything feeling good. Got the mind doing great. Got to watch yeah. football this weekend. Man, excited to chop it up. Let's do it. Absolutely. A great weekend to watch college football. We're going to recap everything that went down. Georgia smacks Kentucky around. Alabama escapes College Station and beats Texas A&M. OU Texas in another thrilling classic. The last rendition of the Red River rivalry before it jumps to the SEC next year. LSU. I don't know what's going on with their defense, but they beat Missouri. And of course, we have got to talk about what happened at the end of the Georgia Tech game, unlike anything I have ever seen. But first things first, this episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. You already know them by now. Two amazing locations, one in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. I passed that location about five times this past weekend. And the other one's in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. The largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast, an amazing selection of watches for the men as well. Holidays are right around the corner. Get ahead of the curve. Go check out Solomon Brothers. It gets better. If you mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake, 
you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Check them out on Instagram at Solomon Brothers, SolomonBrothers.com. All right. I went back and watched our reels that Hammy and Liam cut up for us, Jake, from last Thursday's episode, and you and I were 100% spot on mm. with our prediction of what was going to happen in the Georgia-Kentucky game. Number one, Georgia dismantles number 20, Kentucky, 51-13. to 13. They totally shut down Kentucky's run game, and Carson Beck. He showed up and he showed out. He had a career game, 389 yards, four touchdowns to just one interception. You called it, Jake. You said this was the time Georgia was going to put a complete game together. You said this is going to be a blowout. You said this game is not going to be close. And, buddy, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I wish I had some unbelievable insight to tell you, but uh, I was just going on a feeling. You know, just something about playing, being around the program a little bit. You just you just feel when things are about to to turn and shift in the right direction, uh, especially when you have a good football team, which they do, and then they just prove that hey they are capable of that next level. Yeah. Uh, and then Carson elevated his game. I mean, a basically lights out performance. Uh, I mean that was awesome. Brock played great. Uh, everybody else really got involved. Defense played well. I, I mean I don't know what else to really say about the performance other than just complete dominance. It was great to do it in a packed Sanford Stadium under the lights, uh, night game. So I don't know. Maybe that's something they uh, should should maybe try to get more of yeah. a few more night games. I mean, because they seem to play pretty good uh, when they play at night. So it, fun game it, to watch. It just seemed like, to your point, it had reached uh, 212 degrees, the boiling point, to where Georgia yeah. battle-tested for these types of games, comfortable in an environment like that. A lot on the line, certainly within the SEC East and Kentucky, albeit off to a great start. They were 5-0. and They're not exactly there yet. And you and I mentioned that if Kentucky was going to try to out Georgia, Georgia, uh, that could backfire. And it did immensely. Huge props to Carson Beck. Highly efficient, 28 of 35, Jake. He was dealing it. Brock Bowers, seven catches, ho-hum, 132 yards, and another touchdown. And Georgia collectively ran for over 100 yards as well, gaining 173 rushing yards. On the flip side, they completely shut down Kentucky's rushing attack. They only had 55 total rushing yards. And Devin Leary, the quarterback, he had no answers either. Yes, he did have two touchdown passes later in the game. He was just 10 of 26 for 128 yards. This was a complete effort by the dogs. You said it. Kirby was going to be screaming at those guys all week. Set the edge. Set the edge. You knew that Kentucky was going to try to run right at Georgia. Georgia was ready for it. And they flexed their muscles. They are the number one team in the nation. It's great to see that collective effort shine in a big-time stage. And Georgia really is set up for a great second half of the season. They go to Vanderbilt this upcoming weekend, then the bye, and then things really start. The Jacksonville game against Florida at Tennessee, home against Ole Miss. You're going to find out if Georgia has what it takes to three people based on what everybody saw from this past Saturday night, Jake. It seems like Georgia has the dudes to make that a real effort. Yeah, 100%. If they play close to what they showed uh, Saturday night, because uh, what they showed Saturday night was every bit capable of winning a national championship this year and this year's college football season. Be efficient on offense, play somewhat good defense. They play great defense, but play somewhat good defense because 
Nobody seems to be playing good defense. Yeah. All these, off- all these offenses are good. Uh, just be able to stop them a few times and, man, let the offenses go win it. It's crazy how college football has kind of shifted that what it used to be, man. Defense is winning all these championships. So we'll see how that how that goes and, and portrays the rest of the season. You want to talk about being demoralized? Uh, here's the Coach Mark Stoops post-game opening mm-hmm. statement. Quote, they beat us in every area. It is hard to come up with an opening statement after a beatdown like that. It's been a while. It doesn't feel good. I told the team that the good news is that it counts as one game. We have to respond and bounce back. I'll put this one on me. We weren't prepared in any area. Georgia scored on all six of its first half possessions. They were up 34 to seven at half. Coach Bobo was in his bag. He was dealing up some awesome play calls. Uh, And you had them guessing. And here is what Coach Smart said after the game. He said, at the beginning of the game, the fact that we were able to run the football opened up the playbook. And you and I have been saying that on this program for the past five weeks. You have to run the football to allow Coach Bobo to dive into the playbook and get creative. And that's what Georgia did early. Then Carson Beck got in a rhythm, and it was off to the races. Yeah, they have to be able to respect it. They have to feel it. You know, what sometimes you don't get as a viewer through the TV is that that feeling on the sideline of just the the physicality, the dominance to say, hey, you know what I'm going to do and you still can't stop me. You know, there's that that physicalness part of the game that only can be felt in the trenches and only can be felt by those big guys to say, hey, we got their number. We can move them whenever you want to run the football, guys, just put the game on us and we'll go take care of business and finish this thing out. Absolutely. No, you you bring up a great point. Shout out to Peyton Woodring as well. The field goal kicker for Georgia is starting to get into his groove. Also, he was three for three this past weekend. I will say this, okay? Kentucky's not that good. All right? Like, I don't want to take anything away from Georgia. They completely dominated. I think Kentucky might have had a little bit of a false sense of greatness after they took care of Florida. Again, Georgia dominated that football game. It was great to see. Of course, they'll go get a victory in Nashville and then regroup on the bye week. So big time win for Georgia. They beat Kentucky 51 to 13. It's basketball time in Lexington, Kentucky. Always one of my favorites for sure. All right. Alabama, Texas A&M. This was your 330 game last weekend on CBS. They escaped College Station. They win 26 to 20. Jalen Milrow goes wild, 321 passing yards. He had three touchdowns. Hello, Jermaine Burton, nine catches, 197 yards, and two touchdowns. This game was back and forth, back and forth. Right before halftime, Jake, Alabama had negative 13 rushing yards. They had tons of penalties in the second half as well that allowed AM to hang in there. This team is just different. And again, I will brag on us. You and I have been saying week after week, until Alabama is not there out of the SEC West, you have to expect they'll make it to Atlanta. Tell you, man, they just find a way to scratch these things out. They're going to play for four quarters. Yeah. That's Alabama football. You know, they they win the, the second half here in this game, which gets them by Texas A&M. I don't know, man. Yeah, just, they were down. Just, they were down just, seventeen to ten at halftime. Yep. Yeah, just just watch out because um, they're going to be there. They're going to be around. Um, Ole Miss is going to have to win a lot more games. Uh, they play Georgia. Come to Athens. Uh, it's just going to be tough. I mean, I'm just saying. Just watch out. Everything's kind of 
working their way. And they're as long as they keep fighting and scratching these games out, they'll they'll be there. I'm very surprised with Alabama's line play. Their offensive line is atrocious. Their defensive line, what was usually just so consistently suffocating. I mean, they would toss offensive linemen around, collapse the pocket quickly, get after the quarterback. It's just not there that they have had in years past. Jake, what is that feeling as a quarterback? Just knowing, Hey, my guys up front, they're working hard. I like them. I'll take them out to dinner on Thursday night, but they're not exactly getting the job done. I would say. That's a, uh, Terrible feeling that you always have in the back <laughs> of your mind. You're second guessing. Uh, hey, we're we're dialing this play up for this coverage. Well, I, I, I mean, he's running a post, so I, I got to at least take a five step drop. And if, if I, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to be able to hit a hitch and and get my body into this throw to get it there. So it's tough feeling, man. There's no worse feeling for a quarterback. The feeling you just don't have the time to to take care of business. Which yeah, you, need you to can't do let the play develop to operate and do your job uh, because it's so dictated by everybody else. And you want to be the guy the, that can elevate everybody else's play, uh, man. But at some point you, you got to have a, a good floor of what everybody else's play at is to get you to play um, to your best abilities. No, absolutely. And Alabama controls their own destiny in the SEC West. Now they're the only unbeaten team in the conference in that division, they were picked to win the SEC West in the preseason poll by the media. I picked them as well. I have a feeling they're going to be back in Atlanta, probably against the Georgia Bulldogs. As we said, Georgia has their big SEC games coming up in the second half of the season. How about a little big watch of week seven? Yeah, we got some pretty good games coming up. The big watch of the week is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Go check out Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Two awesome locations, one in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other, 17th floor, Tower Place in Buckhead. If you mention the Punt and Pass podcast or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. We have an awesome game in the Pac-12 coming up this weekend. A top 10 matchup of unbeaten teams. Number eight, Oregon, heads to Seattle to take on number seven, Washington. 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. What a great quarterback matchup here. Bo Nix for the yeah. Ducks, Michael Penix Jr. for the Huskies. These two teams do not like each other. This is a huge rivalry. Teams that will be in the Big Ten next season. Both of those guys are in the Heisman race. Coach Lanning has got it going on in Eugene. Kalen DeBoer, the Huskies head coach, he's a good one as well. Fantastic game to kick off your big watch of the week. Number eight, Oregon at number seven, Washington. And it leads you right into an all-time classic rivalry in college football. Number 10, USC, heading to South Bend to take on 21st-ranked Notre Dame, 7.30 p.m. on NBC. USC, dude, their defense is so bad, so bad that they needed three overtimes to knock off unranked Arizona, 43-40 to on Saturday night. It's Caleb Williams versus the world. He has to outscore the opponent. That is their recipe for winning. You would think Lincoln Riley, of all people, would say, hey, you know what? Maybe I should just focus, put some time and effort on the defensive side of the ball so that we don't have this predicament year after year. I, look, I, I'm with you. Honestly, it's a, it's almost kind of high school football-ish. You know, when a when an offensive coach comes to uh, a high school and he just wants to put all the dudes, you know, in quotes, 
on offense. They want to score points. And, hey, D.C., defensive coordinator, you can just have all the leftovers and just go try to stop somebody because that's what it feels like. Um, just all the eggs are in that basket, and if they don't score points, then that's it. It's almost like I don't care about winning uh, the important games there at the end of the season. I just want to put up big points and yeah. have my guy win the Heisman, which he's done. Yeah, can Caleb, can Caleb Williams play safety? Like, get him back there. I bet you he's a good enough athlete to maybe go bat some balls down. So that's your big watch of the week presented by Salmon Brothers Jewelers at Salmon Brothers on Instagram. OU Texas, it was a classic. Yeah, I'm going to brag on myself once again. That's like the fifth time in this podcast. But last Thursday, I told you this one's going to be tight. I like Oklahoma. Whoever has the ball last will win. And that is exactly what happened. 34 to 30, an absolutely wild ending. Crazy start to the game too. Block punt for a touchdown interception on the second play of the game for Quinn Ewers. OU wins 34 to 30 after losing 49 to nothing. A season ago, Jake, Burt Auburn, Texas's kicker, he hit like a 47-yarder to put Texas up 30-27 to with a minute 15 left. Texas then kicks the ball to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has no timeouts, a minute 15 left, and Dylan Gabriel gets the offense charging downfield. They score with like two seconds left. It was unbelievable. That game is always a classic. Yeah, you can't write it up any better than that. Two-minute drill to go down and win, knowing you need a touchdown. No timeouts. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just awesome. That's so, sick. Man, huge props to uh, Dylan Gabriel uh, and the Sooners for pulling it out. I, honestly, I thought Texas, I just thought they played a little bit more physicality, but, man, that was a, a dogfight to the very end. It really was. You know, Texas was taking the punches and just rolling with it. They were down a lot during that game. They came back in the fourth quarter. I thought, hey, maybe this is Texas year. But rest assured, these two teams will probably rematch in the Big 12 championship game. Remember, there's no divisions in the Big 12. So it's just the top two teams at the end of the season who play in Jerry World in Dallas. I would love, love to see a rematch of that game before the SEC championship. Dylan Gabriel, 23 of 38, 285 yards in the touchdown, 113 yards on the ground. And yeah, touchdown. No, yeah he, he was, he was toting that thing. Texas had, I'm looking at ESPN right now. Texas had a 84.9% chance to win the game after they kicked that field goal. And of course they lost. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, that drive, like, like what, Obviously, you practice that, right? Whether it's during the week or whether it's before fall camp. Hey, no timeouts, minute and a half. We got a storm downfield. Um, that clicked for them better than I've ever seen. Is that just one of those moments you're like, holy cow, I can't believe that worked? Yeah. I mean, one starts with great players. A lot of times it's players over plays and in key situations like that. Um, it is something you practice. Uh, I saw uh, Coach Venables had a great uh presser i think after the game talking about those moments and being able to simulate those kind of pressure situations at practice yeah be able to have your intensity always high every third down is the most important third down you're doing every period is the most important thing happening in the world at that time so being able to simulate those kind of high pressure situations really helps a quarterback and, and the guys around them as well but Man, you can just tell they they practiced it and they went down and, and executed to to nearly perfection. No question about it. I mean, Texas 
527 total yards, 25 first downs. They won time of possession as well, 32 minutes to 27, but they had three turnovers. That's how you lose football games. That is how you lose football games. Texas no longer undefeated, but like I said, I think these two teams will probably rematch in Dallas for the Big 12 championship game. All right, before we leave, we have got to address the ending of the Georgia Tech-Miami game. It's been well-documented. Over the last seven years, if you've been a punt and pass listener, I do not like Georgia Tech, okay? Uh, All three of my brothers-in-law went to Georgia Tech. I like to make fun of Georgia Tech. I love when Georgia stomps on Georgia Tech at the end of the season. That being said, Coach Brent Key, I'm a fan of him. Uh, He seems like a great guy. I've talked to him on the radio a couple of times. He played at Tech. He loves Tech. He got that job after Jeff Collins was fired and he was the interim head coach. They go down to Miami to take on undefeated, I believe, 14th-ranked Miami. Miami's going to win the game. They're up big. Tech comes storming back. Miami scores late. They're running out the clock. Or so you think, okay? There is a third down. And instead of taking a knee to end the football game, they run a play. Georgia Tech, to their credit, great effort on defense. They stripped the ball out. I think there was, I don't know, 15 seconds left. Yeah, Tech didn't have any timeouts. Two plays, Haynes King finds his receiver in the end zone. They win the football game. Jake, I watched it live on ACC Network. My jaw was on the floor. I could not believe what I witnessed. Tim Hasselbeck, who's the color analyst with West Durham on ACC Network, he said, and I, and I quote loosely, it cannot be overstated how poorly managed Mario Cristobal just was in this football game. It was horrible. I don't even know what to say, Jake. They had the game won. All you had to do is take a knee. They run a play, fumble, two plays later, Tech wins. Crazy. What I what I don't understand is, is every head coach I've always been around always had a in-game situation management guy, and then they always have a sheet printed inside their folder pamphlet, whatever you want to call it, they have it that says if you have the ball with one timeout at this certain situation. This is when you start kneeling. This is when you start taking a knee. Yeah. Hey, like they, it's a, all it is, it's just a math equation, and they just have all these numbers printed out. So you know exactly where you are at at all times in any given situation. So I, I don't have any, any, any sympathy <laughs> For them, for not being one prepared or two, just not listening to the rules um, and wanting to scratch out a few more rushing yards uh, to finish this game, um, I, I don't, I don't get it. Big prop, like you said, big props to the Georgia Tech defense. Yeah, for, for fighting to the very end uh, to get that ball out, and then the offense too of staying ready. Um, they get the ball back with 26 seconds, and it wasn't like they were in great field position. 74 yards in 25 seconds. Yeah, like it it wouldn't it wasn't two like, plays, two yeah, plays. It, it wasn't like it was a it was a give me on the on the plus five, and they had two plays to win it. I mean, like they made stuff happen. Hell of a play by Haynes King too on the touchdown pass, forty four yard strike to Christian Leary. He scrambles out. He notices the clock as well because the clock is running out. Okay, oh, yeah. Tech doesn't have timeouts. You almost see him like look up and realize that there's six seconds left, but then you see him look to the side and he kind of moved laterally to make sure that he was not across the line of scrimmage, throws a dime on the move, 
they score, they win. It, it was truly unbelievable. And again, like I, I cannot, if you're listening and, and for some reason you didn't see this, all Miami had to do was take a knee. The game is over one knee. The game is over. Mario Cristobal quote. I made the wrong call unquote. No shit. Thanks coach. Quote, I take full ownership in not taking a knee and giving them the opportunity to have a couple extra plays and preventing us from sealing the win. End quote. Asked why Miami has not lined up in victory formation at all this season. Cristobal said it's something the team does, in fact, practice. Quote, we didn't do it Saturday, and we should have. Thanks, genius. Jeez, I can't believe it. Poor Miami. They're playing North Carolina this weekend. That was supposed to be two undefeated top 15 ACC teams. Now Miami has a blemish on their record, and it's uphill climbing if you have a loss in the ACC to make it to the college football playoff, Jake. I'm like, I'm dumbfounded. I'm dumbfounded. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a great opportunity ruined. Um, That's all I can say. I mean, (laughs) mean, it's crazy. uh, Hey, just the, the numbers don't lie. Just, just follow the template and you'll be good to go. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, Last things last LSU 49, Mizzou 39 LSU's defense, like non-existent. I I can't believe what I'm watching when you see these games. Yeah. Jaden Daniels, Malik neighbors, that offense, they've got a lot of firepower, but the defense, like, like what's going on there. Uh, I it's, it's a bummer because there was so much expectation for LSU and Brian Kelly and that team heading into the season, but you're not going to get anywhere, Jake, with a defense like that. No, no, that's a, a an uphill battle, and that's uh that's tough. It's a lot like USC, you know. It, it looks yeah. great on paper. It's fun to watch on on Saturday, uh, but I think in order to win those big football games late in the year, man, defense has to step up. Defense has to be able to figure it out um, and just stuff some people, man, because it's uh it's going to be tough. It's going to be physical, um, and sometimes flashy. Just just don't win those big games absolutely pretty good weekend coming up in the sec alabama hosts arkansas that's at noon again georgia taking on vanderbilt a&m at tennessee that's your 330 game on the sec on cbs kind of getting into the time of year where teams get their off week and then it really sets up their second half of the season so good stuff there before i let you go uh we're taping this monday afternoon Braves are down one game to none in the NLDS to the Phillies. Max Freed's pitching tonight. Jake, who wins game two of the NLDS? Dude, the Braves, man. They just uh, lineups got, back to normal. The lineups back to normal. I don't know if you saw got, that. You're a baseball guy. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I saw a great take. I can't remember who it was, but uh, talking about how these these teams who win the number one seed, they just they kind of get caught cold, I guess, because yeah. they get that that week off that. The other teams are out playing, so hopefully they can get it going. Um, baseball is such a, a feel and rhythm thing, man. When you get hot, you get hot. Yeah, in baseball, no better time to get hot right now if you are an Atlanta Brave and Atlanta Braves fan. Yeah, no question. So Snicker, everybody was talking about why would you tinker with the lineup? It was the one of the most prolific offenses in Major League Baseball history. No need whatsoever to move guys. Uh, but they're back to normal tonight. Max Freed's on the mound against Wheeler, I think, for the Phillies. So should be a good one. Braves need to get this one tonight and then go up to Philly because that's going to be a wild atmosphere against the Phillies. Dude, sorry. I don't, the Please. Braves. I was listening to a great take on it, too. The Braves had – they led in eight different 
statistical categories yeah. on offense, which was absurd. No other team has had more than five, and they had eight. Uh, RBI, home runs, stolen bases, runs, uh, man, and like five other categories. It was insane. So, just, so they man, said they said they. Race fan right now. Oh, absolutely. They said they tinkered with the lineup because um, if they could have gotten some runs on the board early and gotten the starting pitcher out, they could have like worn through the Phillies bullpen or something like that. I mean, I. I obviously like baseball when, when you talk yeah. about like analytics and stuff like that. I mean, that's way over my head, uh, but back to normal tonight, I think it's ridiculous that the major league baseball doesn't reseed the playoffs. So like the Braves with the number one seed rewarded by playing the Phillies, the Phillies should be playing the Dodgers, the diamondbacks who were the lowest seed in the national league should be playing the Braves. That's how every other sport does it. But look, that's not an excuse. Okay. There's no excuse. Just win the damn game tonight. Let's do that. Okay. Sound good? Just win the game. Win and move on. Win the game and move on. Hey, been a great podcast. Week six recap right here on Punt and Pass. Huge shout out to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Awesome partner of Punt and Pass. The holiday season is right around the corner, people. Get ahead of the game and get on over to Solomon Brothers. One location in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other, 17th floor tower place in Buckhead. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience. That is totally unmatched. Mention punt and pass or myself or Jake. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Solomonbrothers.com. Check them out on Instagram at Solomon Brothers. Check us out on social media at punt and pass, at Drew Butler, at from Jake, punt and pass.com. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? Nothing, man. Excited. About to go turn the TV on and watch the Braves. Woo! Go Bravos. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We will talk to you on Thursday. See ya. We out. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.